All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gold Jr. That is me. With me, as always, super producer Brandon Newman. Brandon, how you doing? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great with us today uh, on this fine Thursday. My father, Mike Golick Sr., co-host Golick and Smetty, uh, who we just had the other half of on yesterday with Charlotte Wilder. Dad, how are you doing? Couldn't find a guest, huh? Uh, no, as usual. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, listen, I just it's fine that it's out there, that I'm the bailout guy. That's cool. That's cool. I understand. I mean, it's, it's more important that you're there for us, though, especially your son, but, you know. See? I'm, I'm, I'm coming along with the ride. I, I, I am. I will always be there for you guys. So you can always feel free to take advantage of me like you've been doing. You know, you got really <laughs> great internet over there that I know you got. You got rich people internet at the house. You got a full uh, studio set up here. I know you're in business. Dude, I'm telling you, I, we changed the whole internet. Now, I lost the internet now to, 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 you know, off the printer. So I can't print right now. It takes me forever to get back on the internet. And, and I'm lost. So the guy's coming back tomorrow, and, I, and I'm, I'm literally chaining him to a chair until everything works how I want it to work, because I, I can't deal with it. All our TVs don't work. I mean, it, it, is, it is bedlam. They look like they know what they're doing. It looks like it's going in the right direction, but there's no way he leaves the house until every single thing I need to work is working. He may be here a long time. You should have him sit in on a podcast and, you know, offer, offer him some water in between takes. I don't like him that much. I don't like him that much until all my shit works. And then I like him a lot. Right now, we're on, we're on a you know, prove it to me basis. 
this is dad's jigsaw turn where this is just going to become a saw movie now the guy's going to be in the corner my dad's wearing a mask riding a tricycle just berating him and throwing sharp objects at him until this works because there are only two things sacred in my dad's life and that's cable and internet wherever he lives wherever he's at currently he just needs the cable and internet to work and when that doesn't the rest of the world stops i throw shit i go to notre dame to our place in notre dame I turn on, the cable works perfectly, the Wi-Fi works perfectly. I'm out here in Arizona, and, you know, it's a shit show. You know, I, I go to some parts of the house, I got no internet. Other parts of the house, you know, a TV's not going on. Last I checked, I paid for all this shit. So, you know what? It should work. You know so, what? You should write a letter. Right? No, 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 no. I'm going to get someone into the house is what I'm going to do. And then, like I said, I'm going to act all nice, get them in the house, Take their phone and they're staying forever or until the shit works. That's what's what, going on. Want to play a game? Yeah. <laughs> you, you believe my internet access is a joke. I'll be a punchline to you. Oh, <laughs> the punchline yeah. is your life on the line. Uh, and I feel bad for your mother, as you well know, Mike, because I get very short. I lose patience very quickly. Not you. Even when I was trying to hook up with you guys, the internet, the bar was just going and going. I had to reconnect and going. And and I've never had to do that before. So I'm supposed to be getting all this new shit that I paid for. And it's like going back to like old school. It's killing me. I, I see myself becoming more you every passing day. And this area is certainly one of those areas when something that I have paid for does yes. not work the way I pay, whether it is a service, whether it is a piece of technology, <laughs> what have you, when it doesn't work and I've already paid up the money. And now all of a sudden I've got to wait extra time other than what I've allotted for this. And it doesn't work. That's when the fuse flips. Exactly. Right. And it's a short fuse. It is a Ooh. short fuse. I bet you guys get livid when you pay for internet at airports and it doesn't work. Well, here's the thing: I don't pay for internet at airports. I don't even go, I don't even go through the process, really, because I don't want to get. I, I just that's kind of my place where I just put the phone away. Like mm. my wife, Chris, she gets internet on the plane and the air every everywhere. I don't. I turn. I say when I'm taking off, wow. I tell everybody take it off, turn the power off, put the phone away. That way, I won't get aggravated. And that's also more movie time that he can build in there. He's got a fully loaded iPad. <laughs> Absolutely right. Fully yeah. loaded every trip. I I excused the airport and really being up in an airplane because I remember hearing a stand-up sketch that kind of mocked this idea. And it's right. Me getting mad at the internet 30,000 feet in the air in a magical flying metal, metal tube is an absurd thing for me to get upset about. None of this should be happening anyway. It should be physically impossible. And so the fact that I'm upset that the magic internet doesn't decide to work while the rest of this modern miracle is going on would be the like height of hubris. So I pull back at that one spot specifically for that. I'm still amazed the plane can take off, let alone get internet on it. So yeah, I don't feel I don't, comfortable not sending in my weight before I get on airplanes because, like, how do they know? You know are you I mean? like, sure you they... guys don't want this information? <laughs> yes, like, I want to just send it in. I want to tell the people I'm checking in. It's like, by the way, this morning I was 310. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't the flight in any way. Yeah, do you want me to go to the back of the plane? <laughs> <laughs> I prefer an aisle seat. I feel like it helps center the plane. You guys tell me, though, if you want to risk it with me in a window, that's on you. You're putting the passengers in danger, not me. I always like that in the small planes, the ones that usually end up the connection yeah. to Notre Dame. They'll be um, they'll come up. We need three people in the first two rows to go into the back, you know, last two rows, you know. And I'm like, 
okay, whatever's going to get this plane off the ground, man, I'm gone. I'm good. I'm cool. Yep. Air travel is a results-oriented business. Yeah. When they say, when they come out and say, hey, we can't go anywhere, there's a mechanical malfunction, I promise I'm the last person that's going to complain about that. There's yep. something wrong with the flying True. machine? No, let's get that fixed. Take yep. as much time as you need to get that fixed. Because you know what the last thing I want is? For us to have to revisit this problem at altitude. Yeah, it's exactly. Okay. You'd hate that at 30,000 feet, the captain saying, oh, we're having mechanical issues. We're going to all fuck ass <laughs> out the parachutes. Yeah. Listen, I know we have a great show to get to, yeah. but I don't know if the general public knows just how scary flying private is or can be. Oh, are you a private flyer? No, I, I mean, Damn, I, okay, I Brandon, go off. Oh, Brandon just, I'm just saying, just, we're ta- I thought we were talking about the small planes and, and being seated differently. And like some of those I mean, private planes are a little bit more scary when it's just a pilot that you had a beer with. You know what they don't know? You know what they don't do on a private plane? Ask you to move, you know, ask you to move seats. They let you do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> That's true. Oh my God. We do have a great show for you guys today. Uh, As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five-star rating and check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel under the Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. tab. We're going to get to the first region of our Some Shining Moments March Madness bracket. Dad is going to help us break down the season finale of season one of The Last of Us. Um, But we probably need to start with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing that finally happened yesterday. Hey, Dad. What do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate. That's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Our watch has ended. We are like the Night's Watch. We are like the uh, Night's Watch or the. Uh, why am I already forgetting who the guys in the wall were? Is that the Night the, the Night's Watch in Game of Thrones? Yeah, this Night's Watch. Oh, how did Absolutely. you forget that? Because nice I watch. He said it. You dumb. said it. You just weren't. You weren't confident in it. You, you were right, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I I limped into that one. Anyway, Rogers' watch has ended. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Well, I guess it's kind of ended. You guys can tell me how you feel about it now. Aaron Rodgers made his appearance on the Pat McAfee show yesterday to talk about the elephant in the room with the will he won't he between the Green Bay Packers and the Jets. And during that appearance, Aaron Rodgers said that this was not an announcement. The decision was already made. This is an explanation. It was 
an incredible tour de force of semantics and filibustering, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers continues to be the best friend you could ask for if he's your friend. Because Pat McAfee had about half a million people on that YouTube screen because yep. Aaron Rodgers just kept talking before he said the thing. And when he finally said the thing is, he said, I made it clear my intention was to play and to play for the New York Jets. I haven't been holding anything up. It's the compensation the Packers are trying to get. The Packers want to move on and have let me know that in so many words so dad when you heard that announcement how did you feel about Aaron Rodgers in that moment because I feel like this whole process has been sort of a roller coaster of people's reactions to Aaron Rodgers how do you think he handled this particular moment I thought he actually handled this one pretty good especially when he said now as a matter do you believe him when he said I have not demanded anything I, I have not put a wish list together and Talked about how he told Chef Adam Schefter to lose his number. So, you know, do, do you believe that or not? And you know what? Even if he did, even if he did, and I've said this many times over the years, Mike, you've heard me say it. If you get the if you get the, the leverage sledgehammer, swing it as hard as you can when you can. And if he can do it, so be it. Listen, I've gotten along with him for years. Can he be a little, you know, out there sometimes? Yes, he can. But he can use big words and when he hosts a Jeopardy, so that's way better than, than I could do. But so right now, I do believe he'll be a Jet. It was weird to hear this. Uh, sorry, I love you, Pat, but this isn't an announcement. That was a couple days ago. Well, we never got a fucking announcement a couple days ago. There was, there was never an, an announcement. Uh, so, but what he has now is the Jets have to pay. And when, by pay, I mean, like, you know, the, the player compensation, whatever is going to be in the trades. They have gone down this road. The Jets have jumped in with both feet to the deep end. So they have to get this deal done. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Quarterbacks have gone to other teams. What would it be their options then, unless they wanted to do the Lamar Jackson thing and give up a couple of firsts and pay them, you know, a ton of money? You're still paying Aaron a ton of money. But I, I think the Packers are in a great position. They can sit back and wait, you know, ask for the world. And the Jets basically have to say, thank you, sir. May I have another, you know, and, and what do we have to pay? Because they're in this now. And when they're in this and they're committed to this, they're not committed to this to get a little better. This is a probably what, two to three year Max. thing. And the goal is the Super Bowl or it wasn't the right move. I mean, you don't make this move to make the playoffs and get ousted in the first round. So they have to be all in, and I like their team. I mean, when's the last time we said, man, the Jets, what a defense coming in. You love Garrett Wilson if they get some of these other receivers. Love Brees Hall. O-line could use a little bit of help. Uh, what are the offshoots of this? And, and I hate to, to, to steer it this way, but if all that comes to fruition for the Jets and they get all those players, including Aaron Rodgers, when is the last time we went into a season where New England on paper was the worst team in the division? Because they're going to be. It's insane to think about the strength of that division and what it's lining up to be top to bottom with all the moves the Dolphins have already made this offseason. A lot of really prudent signings with that team. We know what Buffalo is, at least you know uh, on paper right now, coming off last season. But you're right. It's a total – in my adult lifetime, in the 20-something yep. years that I've been watching sports since we hit over Y2K – it has been the Patriots show, and it has been the Patriots division. So, uh, New England fans, no one will lose sleep or shed tears no. for you uh, in that process. But well, I, 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 during, well, during the interview, Aaron Rodgers told Pat McAfee 
that he has been hands-off when it comes to the actual negotiations and the price points of things. You've been in that chair. Do you believe any of that? Well, that, that's, yeah, your agent. That's your agent's job. I mean, so he's talking to his agent. He's not talking. So the, the agent and he are having a conversation about what he wants, but that was a semantical answer. No, I am not physically talking to Joe Douglas You know yeah. about this. He's talking with his agent, and his agent is talking to them. Like in every negotiation, it, it's no different. You know, in, in other negotiations, you speak through your, your agent. It was all semantic to me. You brought up the idea of the list. And the way Diana Rossini presented it, I don't think was the way that Aaron represented it in the interview where he said people were making it sound like I handed them a list and if I didn't yeah, get that, yeah. I wasn't signing. That's right. not what she said. Aaron said, I didn't hand them a list. Was I asked about guys that I played with? Did I give them a glowing review? Like it was the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, yeah. say no more. He was asked, hey, would you like, what did you think about these guys? Love these guys. Gave them that indication. Alan Lazard's already a very good receiver, as Aaron Rodgers pointed out. That would have been a good free agent signing for most people, especially in this year's class. But for some of the rest of those guys, they're also kind of low-cost get yep. asks if you're Aaron Rodgers. Like, you've got Garrett Wilson already there. As you're talking about what the compensation might look like if you're the Jets, Burn the picks if you must, but the Garrett Wilsons and Brees Halls of the world have yeah. to be a part of your cell and your core because for all the jokes that people wanted to make about, well, Aaron Rodgers complained about not having weapons in Green Bay, and yet he's bringing those same weapons over, you're doing that with the ones that you trust because you already know, one, you got some really good young pieces, some young offensive, high-value, first-round, second-round capital that you weren't getting over in Green Bay, and to add to your point, you've got that defense that was a especially up front, a monster to deal with last year. Sauce Gardner came on in a big way. I know they lost Sheldon Rankins, but that yeah. to me is a statement about, hey, I believe the difference can be on that side of the ball as well. Well, I think that, I think that is huge because you, you have a really good defense. You're going to be in every game. And, and quite honestly, if Aaron on, on Pat's show said, yeah, listen, I gave him a list of players I want, right. I would have no problem with it. I would have had zero problem with it, man. When, oh. when, when you want that and someone's courting you, and ask for what you want. You're not going there to lose. And just how the Jets, it has to be a Super Bowl for it to be for for it to work. Aaron knows that as well. He's not going somewhere just to pad his stats for three more years. He wants to win. I mean, and and the other thing I don't want to hear from people, and I've already heard it from some former players and some analysts, is well, he better work out with these receivers in the offseason. He you know, he better do that. You know what? He's never done it before. So if he doesn't do it this time, I don't give a shit. I mean, it, he's not break, you know, he's not doing, oh my God, he's not working out with him. If he does, great. You know, it, it would be great if he did. But if he doesn't, he how many young receivers did he have in Green Bay last year? And he didn't go work out with those guys. So, I mean, if he does, great. But if he doesn't, that's, that's what Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has always done that. So let's, let's not act shocked if he doesn't want to work out with those guys in the offseason. But you could argue the reason why it took so long for him and Christian Watson to link up was because of the lack of working out during the offseason between those two. Well, I mean, if, if he hadn't done it, he's he's had some pretty great years, has he not, in the past? And, I mean, if he hasn't Definitely. done that, the dude's walking into the Hall of Fame as one of the greatest of all time. He's been there, what, 18 years? And if he hasn't done that in the past, all these receivers started as young receivers with that team. And if he didn't do it, he was still completing them. 
You know, he was still, he was, I, you know, but that's what, that's what a Jet fan, that's what the Sugatas of the world will do. In the first game of the season, if he plays poorly, they're going to say, see, see, he should have worked out with the guys in the offseason, you know. They won't be mad if he doesn't, but then if he plays poorly, everybody's going to point to that when I'm like, he hasn't done that. He hasn't done that. So, so don't get mad at him for it if he doesn't do it again. Yeah, I don't have as many worries about Aaron Rodgers' player process, right? For as much as we've complained about the process maybe that led to this point, him going and doing what it takes to be one of the greatest players, to me, isn't as much of a worry. Yeah. I would say the other thing, and Dad, you brought up swinging the hammer. I found myself enjoying that a lot more than I was ready for. Because, listen, I've been critical of this process and how long it's taken, and in the wake of what we've dealt with with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, where we just had a fresh round of news the other day talking about what Baltimore is apparently offered and Lamar Jackson publicly denying that on Twitter, we see all the time when these negotiations pop up, teams are more than happy to put out information that make players look greedy like they're asking for too much. And Aaron Rodgers completely flipped the script and said, I got a chance to go and be the winner in this public PR by saying, I haven't held any of this up. I said Friday, this is, I declared my intentions, and now the reason it's taking time is because they're looking for compensation. Whether or not you believe him, whether or not you think Aaron's got a role in this, which he certainly does, I appreciate the fact that you've got a player who's got the ability to try and very publicly flip the script on where the cannon gets pointed, because nine out of ten times in these spots, it's at the player. And, and here's what I like as well. Everybody thinks that it's not really happening unless somebody comes out on Twitter or says it, Right. And just, just what he said, this is, was decided a few days ago. And you know who was decided between? The people that matter. And they know who that isn't? Us. That's not us. Aaron Rodgers doesn't owe us the explanation. He owes that to, to the people involved, the Packers and the Jets, to work something out, which he said they did a few days ago. That's all the people that need to know. Once we find out, cool, we'll talk about it. But I think we're in an era where if it isn't posted on Twitter or if it isn't said on Instagram, then it must not really be happening. When Aaron Rodgers basically said, hey, gang, you know what? Yesterday it wasn't an announcement, you know, because this had been decided a few days before that amongst people that mattered. I think the difference with Aaron and the reason that people were quick to be critical of him is because of how he framed it. Like when he said, Hey, I'm going on this darkness retreat was very public about that with Pat and talked about how that influenced it. That's where I'm sure some people, and this is uh, you know a lot of fan brain too, looked at that and said, we're trying to figure out the future of our organization. You've said in prior interviews that you don't want to do this. You don't want to drag this out and put teams in a bad spot. And they believe you're doing the thing, like which again would all be looked at differently had we not had the 2020 Aaron stuff happen with the immunization. Because if Aaron Rodgers before that always had the public, always had the media on his side, and if he was trying to take this extra time to make a decision about the future of his career, which he should, you know, if you believe what he told Pat McAfee that he went into the cave 90% retired, 10% wanting to play, and that was something that changed, which, I listen, I don't fully believe that right, case right, at all. Right. I think the majority of this and the reason all of this has happened is going back to the Jordan Love decision and the way everything was communicated right. from then on out between these two teams. I firmly believe that but this idea that we would rush along a player who is 
potentially weighing retirement. Dad, as you know, and as I've heard you often say, once you do that, it's over by and large for the yeah. most part. Like once you make that decision. Now, obviously, we saw with Tom Brady, that's maybe not true, and a guy of Aaron Rodgers caliber, that may not have been true, but it's still a pretty big decision. And so if guys want to take a little bit of time to make that, usually we'd be more forgiving, usually just isn't Aaron Rodgers in the way that this is all kind of felt. And and the one thing about it also is because there is a, a timing issue that, yeah, you should take the time. It shouldn't be right after the season. But there is kind of that that wall to say, okay, if we know you're coming, because what happened when Tom Brady went to, to Tampa Bay? There were guys that signed with Tampa Bay yep. to play with Tom, and it paid off. They won a Super Bowl. Your old line is hurting, right? So maybe if we knew this was happening or if this was more public or at least could be made public where the Jets could actually call that first one of the first round of free agent offensive linemen and say, Aaron's coming here. You know, you want to come here. You know, we're going to pay you, blah, blah, blah. So maybe maybe you could have got a little bit of help on that old line if if you were a little more public with it. It is interesting to think about, and I haven't looked at the Jets uh, cap situation um, just this second leading into the podcast here. I'll look it up in a second. But if you are the Jets and you are thinking about that, part of this sounds like it's going to be contingent on reworking Aaron's deal a little bit, I'm sure, to give you some relief and to be able to go do that stuff. Orlando Brown still very on the market right now. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, and they just signed Hayden Hurst, and I'm sure he wasn't going over there to catch passes from Zach Wilson. But I, one thing I can't get over is the fact that Aaron Rodgers loves to control the narrative. Like this whole concept that he was 90% going to retire and 10% going to play going into the darkness. And he spent a whole day uh, thinking about what it would be like for both sides of it just so he could come out and say that he had a chip on his shoulder or act as if he has a chip on his shoulder because he was offended and how the Packers handled the situations. He knew damn well that the Packers were done with him before he went into the darkness. And he knew damn well, in my opinion, that he was going to play and he was he went into the darkness to write the movie. And well, I feel like we're all trying to we're eating the script now. Well, I I think for the most part, people kind of look side eyed at that part of things. But in general, the thought process of a player controlling the narrative to me is a bit welcome because usually the teams control that stuff. And so again, if you ignore a lot of the specific feelings about Aaron Rodgers that some people have, what this represents to me is something that I generally support. Yeah, I I, I do think I never thought he was going to retire uh, either. Um, but it's it's kind of the game that he's played the last couple of years. I get it. Uh, so, I mean, I'll be interested to see where they can get the money. I, I, the One of the latest things I look at the cap, I don't know if you saw the same thing, Mike, that they were about 12 mil under the cap. I don't know if that's current yeah. uh, or not. So that, that always has to obviously come into play to be around the cap of who they can bring in when they sign players. So we'll see. I mean, all I, all I have to say is they are now in the – However, however many deep AFC you want to say that of a team that could make a run, right? You have the top three of Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo still right there, right? Are we putting the, the Chargers in that group, obviously, with Herbert? Is Jacksonville up there, up there now? They just, you know, finally made the playoffs. And then it's Miami. Are they there? The Jets are there. Uh, are they there as well? So how many teams deep now do we think the AFC goes with a le- teams with a legitimate shot? Well, I mean, you look and start always with winning your division, and you can say right now they've got the second-best quarterback in the division. Like, you take Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers, and that's it. 
We talked about it the other day. I know, uh, shout out to ESPN Dolphins reporter in front of the pod, Marcel Louis-Jacques. You ain't taking Tua over this dude. No, It's not no. happening. No one else in this division is getting taken over Aaron Rodgers. And so you're right. It's no. how high you want to climb with the rest of it. But that on paper already looks like a two, potentially three-team playoff division in the AFC South, at the AFC East. It's kind of like what we thought of the AFC West last year, to be right. honest, where, right. yeah, you don't have the top-end uh, power of a team that's playing at Kansas City's level right now, but you've got three teams capable of making the uh, playoffs, especially in the expanded playoffs we've got now. The most amazing thing to me is the fact that you have a really good defense and why I think they could be a contention. You have a really good defense and you have a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. Guys, it is stunning. He threw 12 interceptions this year. He's played 18 years. Three times he has been 10 or more interceptions. In 2008, he threw 13. In 2010, he threw 11. And last year, he threw 12. Other than that, he's never thrown more than eight there have been years when he's thrown six, five, four, four, five. It's absurd that he does not turn the ball over. Like I said, he did last year. So let's see if they can get, you know, if what he right. resorts back to. The other thing is the Jets could use a little bit of a running game because Green Bay had that with the two-headed monster they had with the running backs there and the O-line. So the Jets, I think, really need to have that as well to help out. Well, and if Brees Hall is back and healthy, yes. I mean, remember right. he was rookie of the year trajectory yes. on offense. He yep. finished this. He played six games for them and finished the season as their leading ruck, rusher. Yeah. He's that big a difference maker Crazy. for that team. And to your point, Dad, if Elijah Vera Tucker can stay healthy, if they maybe go out and make a couple of prudent offensive line signings, all of a sudden that's a little bit more balanced. And you're right, you've got a quarterback who plays the exact style of football that benefits the other side of the ball. Yep. Well, I. I but that's why I wish I heard Aaron Rodgers big up the the team that he's going to. You know, obviously it is time to show love to to the Green Bay Packers, but all the things that we just said about why the Jets are the perfect position for him to go, I would like to have heard him say a little bit more glowing things about the team that he was about to go join. Because we're all seeing on paper, like the, he is, they are a quarterback away, like we're talking about, to making the playoffs. I guess he has time to say that. I'm, I'm not sure... Why we needed to hear it now, though? I, I'd be interested to know why you think we needed to hear it, just, it now. It's not going to change the narrative at all. It didn't. It didn't feel like he was very excited about joining the Jets, and I feel like, hey man, you what? This is a mercenary hire. You're here to do one okay. thing and one thing only: yeah. get yeah. us a Super Bowl. And if you are young guys like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, you're here to help us get paid. That's what they're. I mean, they're seeing money when they were out in the backyard burning cheese heads, praying to whatever gods they believe in to send Aaron Rodgers over here. Yeah, they saw Lombardi trophies, and I'm sure some of those guys deep down in places they don't want to talk about at parties saw green too, because a quarterback like that for dependent positions that could change your life. And we've seen this move work. Brady go to the, the Bucks, they win the Super Bowl. Stafford go to the Rams, they win the Super Bowl. They tried it last year with Russell Wilson, didn't work so well. Uh, we'll see what happens this year. But that's what we're seeing now with some of this quarterback musical chairs is other owners and GMs and coaches are seeing that it worked. Now, Brady's a GOAT, so you were like, okay, maybe not a shock. But Stafford goes out to L.A. Now he's got an excellent defense as well and a good team around him as well. But – he was still the trigger man. He still had a heck of a year, unlike the, some of the years he had in Detroit. So there's the thought process that these quarterbacks moving around could really shake things up, and that's going to be the hope and the expectation in New York.
it's the pattern that we've seen develop now yeah. and ignoring the obvious Favre connections with this one, which yeah, are just too yeah. big to ignore. You know, I learned it by watching you to the max, but you're right. This has become <laughs> the new trend around the NFL. I have to say you brought up the Broncos. Broncos fans have to be beside themselves because you heard the mm. way Aaron Rodgers talked about how much he loved Nathaniel Hackett and how yeah. important he was to this decision as if this wasn't a conversation we had last offseason about his potential wow. for Denver and it didn't mean enough to you then to come over and save them from what they went through. I'd imagine there is a heavy amount of co- substance-related coping going on in Denver yeah. with all the stuff that is now legalized out in that state. Yeah, that is true because that, that is the one guy, to your point, Brandon, if he's saying the praises of anybody, it was Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> I mean, right. who, who is going to only be a coordinator now for the rest of his career and not be a head coach anymore, I, I would expect. But, you know, he's going to get to work with Aaron Rodgers again. Yeah, it was between that there for Broncos fans and then we talked about some of Aaron's reaction to the reporting. And, Dad, you brought up a very good point, and this was kind of one Aaron Rodgers made. He said – I have no problem with Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter, but they don't know anyone in my circle. They're not getting this information from me. And so he's like, I get frustrated when, and Aaron Rodgers, we know, likes that control, doesn't yep. get out there. And he said, he told put Aaron, uh, Adam Schefter on State Street and said, Shefty, text me. And I told him, lose my number, nice try, which was confirmed on Twitter yeah. by Adam Schefter. Did, uh, is that a good move by Shefty to kind of like to go the self-deprecating route? Great move. It's a great move. It's kind of like you do when, when people hit you with the nepotism thing. You get out in front of it, you know, and, and you you kind of joke about yourself, you know, to kind of diffuse it. And I think that's what Shefty did. I thought it was a great move by Shefty. He did the Ted. I don't know if you guys have watched Ted Lasso season three, episode one yet, but it is a very Ted Lasso move that he pulled in that episode that Shefty pulled there. I was just personally amazed because I'm with you. I think it's the right way to go. <laughs> There's no win in clapping back in that situation. That's not where you want to be if you're Adam Schefter from a standpoint of doing that with Aaron Rodgers because then you're in his dojo, but also you got relationships. Like the insider game is about making sure you don't piss anybody off all that much. But Adam Schefter only having four unread text messages when that screen grab was taken blew my mind. Yeah, I figure Adam Schefter had to be a minimum triple-digit missed text messages at any given moment just because of the sheer volume of people constantly hitting him up. Yeah, I mean, it, it. well, we've seen him when we were all at ESPN together. I mean, when he'd come on the show, he'd have the phone never left his side, never, like, and, and like, was never I, quiet. I just looked down. I have 28 missed text messages during this podcast right now, and I'm I, me. I have, I have 45 that have been there for the last month. What? Okay, that's... I have 45 missed text messages that have been here for the last month. Okay, that's a deeper issue that we need to talk about then. Wow. I have two unread, and I just read one of them, and it's your mother telling me to bring the trash can in. Mm. <laughs> oh, there we go. We're at different, we we're different levels now. We're all, we're all in different places yeah, in, the, uh, in the roller coaster. Yeah, but uh, you know yeah. what? As our Jets fans now who have a quarterback, I've heard Stu Gotts burp it out for years on end. He thought it was the case in year one with Zach Wilson, but now he's actually got a quarterback. And I'm sure Jets fans are all still bracing for impact, wondering yes. how this is going to go wrong because yep. of the Jets. Which I understand. I, I get it. I can't convince Jets fans that good things are coming their way. But that being said, this is exciting that now really we've got both New York football teams walking into the 2023 season yes. relevant. From a media standpoint, we could not ask for more. And if the Jets sign Odell Beckham Jr., Jesus Christ Ooh. on roller skates, is that just going to throw gasoline on this entire thing? 
That's going to be a tough one, though. He said he wants 20 mil. I mean, again, you can ask for whatever you want. What you end up getting could be a different thing. You know, I know he's worked out, what, for like 13 teams in Arizona. And so we'll we'll see how that ends up. But that would be one hell of a get for the Jets. Like I said, the Jets have jumped into the deep end. So they have to do whatever they have to do. This is called mortgaging the future, just what the Rams did, just what the Bucks did. How many, how many dead cap money the Bucks are having to go through when they re-signed everybody after the Super Bowl? We know that the Rams don't have another pick till 2050. A top pick, or you know, obviously, I'm trying to be funny there, but yeah. they they both sold their souls and they got the payoff, and that that's where the Jets are right now. You got to if you're going in, go in. You know what I mean? This isn't that time to be a little pregnant. You know, if you're going in, go in. <laughs> it's true. All, it, yeah. It's so true. And listen, we see on the other side, they're paying for it. The Rams are going through a major organizational yeah. overhaul yeah. right now. Tampa Bay is about to figure that out this season, too. I did a hit with a Tampa Bay radio station, and I struggled to find things for them to get excited about yeah. as you've got Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask <laughs> as the quarterbacks walking into the season for you. But... Those are both teams that had won Super Bowls or been to Super Bowls much more recently in comparison. And it's still worth it because they went and got it. If you're the Jets, you've had nothing. You had the Mark Sanchez AFC Championship stretch, but that's it. You didn't even go to a Super Bowl out of that. Besides that, you've been dog shit for the longest. And so you do whatever you got to do to make sure that you're in a position to maximize. I'd really call it a two-year window. I'm not not guaranteeing a third year with Aaron Rodgers. You got two years to get you a Lombardi and get as close as humanly possible in the process, and you burn the boats and do whatever it takes in the interim. I'm done trying to figure out how long older quarterbacks are going to play. I was very wrong about Brady. So, (laughs) have at it, Aaron. Do your thing, man. But but that's why you got to give credit to the Jets because not all these teams know how to go all in or the the right moment to do so. Like, the Raiders fans are sitting there scratching their heads like, what is going on right now? Like, are we, like, trying to tank for someone? Like, I feel like the the Jets finally are in a position, especially after – the debauchery, uh, debacle that was, you know, Zach Wilson signing, uh, you know, drafting. But I think now is the time, and they have the window to do so. By the way, as a quick aside, who's going to sign Lamar? Who, who, who's going to offer? I should say, who's going to offer him? Because I, I think Baltimore is going to match when a team offers him. But who's going to offer him? I mean, now, now that he's allowed to get offers. You know, everyone keeps talking about the Falcons who have, you know, a billion dollars to spend. Uh, you know, is, is that, and, and listen, quite honestly, they should. You know, to get yes. a young quarterback yeah. like that, I mean, why wouldn't you do that? But again, as we know, all the owners hate Haslam now for giving the guaranteed deal to Deshaun Watson, and nobody wants to keep going on that one. It's going to be I, interesting. I will be stunned. <clears throat> If Atlanta doesn't at some point take a swing and pick up the phone, because I'm sorry, I like Desmond Ritter a lot in college. We didn't see anything last year that would indicate that just going all in on building that up like you got Kyle Pitts on a rookie deal still right now. You got Drake London there. You got a basketball team playing receiver for you with a quarterback that's done well with big bodies before, especially at the tight end spot there with what Arthur Smith was able to do last year with Marcus Mariota as the running quarterback in his offense. Let me download this porno and watch it for the love of God. So do you give him a fully guaranteed deal for $240 million? If I'm Atlanta, fuck yeah. If they I'm just Atlanta, gave Taylor Heineke money. 
They just get, they just signed yeah, Taylor Heineke. To come be a ba- to do exactly what he did in Washington. Taylor Heineke. What, what did they sign him for? I mean, seriously. I, I think was like, it sixteen. And, mil? and listen, great for Taylor Heineke yeah. for making this career for himself. Hell yeah! But that does not preclude you from the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, Dad. I'm completely. I would no. in a heartbeat <laughs> if I'm Arthur Blank. I would give him that fully guaranteed contract, and I would finally give my fans a reason to be excited after 2015. So here's the next thing. If they offer a whatever year deal for $240 million all guaranteed, does Baltimore match? So this is my biggest thing with this is everyone treats it like it's a foregone conclusion with Baltimore matching. You know what you've got if you're Atlanta? Like you said, a bunch, a bunch more cap space up front, right? Yeah. So what can you do? You can't poison pill the deal. We went through that after Steve Hutchinson, but you can make sure you front load that thing in a way that is impossible for Baltimore to absorb salary cap wise right. and put them in a bind. That's what they've opened themselves up to. So if you're Atlanta, I think you can absolutely roll up to the party like that. Yeah, and quite honestly, Baltimore, even when Lamar was on, we still when he was on the rookie deal, it's not like they went out and spent money to give him great receivers. They never did that either. They had a great tight end, but they never gave them great weapons at all. Okay, so how does if if it's if people want? Okay, I'll, I'll stop being a hyperbole. Mike Gold Jr. thinks that L- Lamar Jackson has, or the Baltimore Ravens have burned their bridge with Lamar Jackson because of everything that's going on now. The fact that he can even walk in the first place, he says there's no coming back from it. Is there any walking back the fact that the Atlanta Falcons was on that first list of teams that were not going to entertain Lamar Jackson? Does Lamar Jackson have any angst towards all these lists of teams that do, should and definitely did need his services do you know, do you know on what, that list? Do you know what cures angst and builds back bridges? Money. So the bridge will be built back just fine if Baltimore matches a deal. Somehow, some way, he'll be okay. He may not be the happiest thing in the world. I've always said this about players, and it's the hardest thing to do because I did it and again whether it's 250 million or when I signed a two-year deal for 750 a year to go to Miami you know in the first year of free agency and I got one year in before I got cut I got the you know I was I wanted to go back to Philly and Philly was like you know we're going to offer you this go out and find some more money somewhere else see if you can do it and I did and I came back to them I said I got an offer that was better than yours uh, yeah, we don't want you. I took it personally. I took it personally. And and, and that was with, with, so it doesn't matter. It's all relative to the deal that you're getting. But and, and I try and say, don't take it personal. Don't get emotional. But it's so much easier said than done. At the end of the day, this is a business. The teams love you when you're performing for them, think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, and then once your deal is up, they're going to find reasons not to pay it. We see this in arbitration in baseball all the time, right? Oh, you're great, you're great, you're great. Arbitration, well, you got this wrong with you and that wrong with you. It's all business. I guess my hope would be that it happens because I don't like seeing people rewarded for bad decision-making, but... That's it's a, it's the, Mike. It's a business. You didn't hear what your dad just said. No, I it's did. Just but the I'm, business. This I'm is pet, negotiation. I'm petty, and I'm allowed yeah. to look at them and say they've made mistakes with how they've dealt with Lamar Jackson. And I would like to see them have to deal with it. Brandon, you would get what you wanted—a team led by defense that doesn't have to worry about their silly quarterback anyway. <laughs> Stop worrying about our silly quarterback. It's worrying about his his durability, his 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 commitment. Um, you know, like you said, money's going to heal all those things. I, I think Lamar Jackson wants to be in Baltimore. That's what I think people I, are not saying. I don't. I don't know what you would have to base that off of. Is my question. Like, I don't know what go, is going on inside Lamar Jackson's head. I don't know what he wants, 
But I do know we're going to have to wait a lot longer for that one than we are yes. for the Aaron Rodgers decision yep. here. And for Green Bay on the other side, there's plenty of interesting that we'll be able to get to because now they're trying to basically strike gold a third time. Yep. Can we go and follow up back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Aaron Rodgers said, I'm in the conversation for the greatest Packer of all time, and I'm absolutely unequivocally the longest-tenured Packer in the history of that franchise. And so while some of that is certainly the bravado that most high-level competitors have, it's also a reminder of what the Packers just came off of, which is an unprecedented run of good luck and decision-making at the most important court position in sports. Now do they make that happened again with Jordan Love. Everyone said all the right stuff. We've heard all the good things about him, but it's still a massive gamble and one that statistically you wouldn't expect a team to get right three straight times at that level. That would be uh, amazing if they were to get that right. But like you said, it's it's their top pick. Unlike in in San Francisco where Trey Lance was a number three pick, they signed Sam Darnold, who's a number three pick, and they both might be backing up the last pick of the draft in Brock Purdy. I mean, that's just, that is just, how bad does that make it look that you, you tend to, well, your own, you traded up to that number three pick in Trey Lance. And let's see, you know, Trey Lance has not had the shot yet to know because he got injured, so we'll have to see. But Brock Purdy's pretty much uh, holding up that middle finger to everybody and saying, see, guys, you probably should have picked me a lot sooner. You mentioned Sam Darnold, by the way. Think about that 2018 draft class now. The number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield is now on his fourth team after signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The number three pick in Sam Darnold is now on his third team after signing with the San Francisco 49ers. Josh Allen after that got paid by Buffalo, and Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round may be coming up on that big payday if the Ravens do indeed match that would keep him with his team. So now look at it, because what do they say? It's a 50-50 shot, right? So look at this year's draft. You got four guys that are going to go in the first round. What, right? Levis, yep. Richardson, um, Stroud, and Young. And Young. And, and, and in my opinion, if, if Hendon Hooker didn't get hurt, he'd be going in the first round too. But but he's not going to. Yeah. So just think about that. What you just said about that 18 class. So by history, two quarterbacks are going to make it and two quarterbacks aren't. I mean, this is where we are, man. And, and all four of what teams they go to and their fan base are all going to think they got the guy. But by history, two aren't going to make it. So there's going to be two fan bases and teams that are going to go, shit, we got this wrong. And and with all quarterbacks of different varieties, the different yeah. things that you're concerned about with each, it's it really this year underscores how insane the draft actually is to try and get something like this right. And we're just the gas bags that get to talk about it on the yeah. other side. Um The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Before we get to uh, the important matters of The Last of Us and finish up this podcast, I did want to mention, because this news broke yesterday uh, in the NBA, John Morant was suspended eight games by the NBA. Uh, Adam Silver and the league announced John Morant had a long meeting with Adam Silver and the six games he's are excuse me the five games he's already missed while he's been away from the team are factored into this so he's yeah. technically eligible to return to the team this uh this coming week i believe on wednesday against or no sorry against, it would be against monday against dallas, dallas. but they already said right. he's not going to play in that game he's going to ramp right. back up to play physically get in the right spot dad my question is is him coming back this quickly a good idea well, I mean, first off, if people don't know, if if it was if he brought a gun into the facility or on the team plane or in a locker room, that is an automatic fifty-game suspension. Yeah, and I should be, I should clarify. This is for conduct, basically conduct detrimental. Right. Him right. So the, making the league look bad. So the, this was you know showing the gun in the club, and Jalen Rose had the exclusive interview with him, and one of the first th- one of the things I heard was. Was it your gun? And he said it was not his gun. Um, and and obviously he didn't bring it on the plane. He didn't. So he didn't bring it on the plane or in the facility, uh, at least by his, what what he's saying. So that that X's out the fifty game suspension. Um, I I I mean I, I I'm not sure what the pre- you know we were talking off air. Gilbert Arenas right had the gun in the locker room. Yeah. I mean that was some wild shit. You know when when that went on, and, and and I don't know if the fifty game was in place in that point, or maybe it came into being after that. I do not know that. It's Mike. It's tough for me to say because we don't really. I don't really know a precedent for that one. Again, it wasn't. It was conduct, as you mentioned, detrimental, which can be an incredibly vast thing that you can kind of pick from. The commissioner can pick from. So. Yeah, well, and I guess to be, I'll, I'll be clearer on this. I'm not saying the league should have punished him more for this. I'm just wondering because during this, we had John Morant go down to a treatment center or a counseling right. center, excuse me, in Florida. And you heard him in that interview talking about learning stress management techniques and talking about how he's realized that he has something to lose now. And that all sounds really good, but. I also just worry about how quick the timeline is there. Rarely is life full of these eureka moments where all of a sudden everything changes all at once. This is more about a worry for John Morant, the person and the player of, is this enough time before you force him back into basketball where you talk about stress management? You're getting ready to put him back into the most stressful time of year. You're going into the final, what, 13, 14 games of the NBA season with a team that is highly seated in the Western Conference that's expected with him at the helm to be a team that can contend in the West, contend for an NBA title. And so if you're saying all of this is a result of his response to the stressors there, this week and a half that he missed hardly feels like time enough to address that before you throw him right back into that same crucible. My worry is kind of for him on that front. Well, I I guess I would say is what he did was unbelievably dumb. And for him... Not to realize that. And, and again, he said all the right things, 
But saying it doesn't Clearly. mean a thing. It's got to be the actions have to speak louder than words. But but I guess my point is you can do some. We've all done dumb shit, okay? Where the next day we go, man, was that dumb? I mean, and and, and then if it goes public, the trouble you can get in. His went public. He got into trouble. He's a megastar, so that really landed down on him hard. But I think there is part of you that says, all right, you know, I was caught up in the moment. I did something really dumb, and this could really cost our team. It may, makes me look horrible and as a public image. I know I got to change that. You can, I think you can realize that pretty quickly. I, well, I understand therapy and going to all that. To me, there are some things where maybe you don't. Maybe you just realize that was some dumb shit I just did, and I, I need I need to be better. I guess I just mean more because I don't look at this as just that one isolated event. Right. I see it as connected to, you know, going back the story from last summer about him uh, allegedly getting into a fight with a 17-year-old at his house or the altercation at the mall with mall security and his mom right. true, or true. what happened with, you know, his friends and the laser pointer or whatever happened after the Pacers game. I look at all those things coupled with the reports that we heard from Shams about players only meetings and Steven Adams and the leaders in these locker rooms reportedly trying to send a message to Ja like I just and again to, you brought this up earlier about Aaron Rodgers. There's so much of this from an interpersonal standpoint on that team that we just don't know. And I guess that's right. the thing I I wonder here because we've heard enough things leak out to where now I'm my ears right. are up, that's my true. guard is up like, "Hey, is this is this someone that's been dealing with this more longer than we've known about and it just came up to the head. This was the tip of the iceberg here and now we're going to put him right back in the middle of all this." Yeah, to, to echo that, Mike, it's um, we've all done done sh- dumb shit before, but in Ja's case, it's almost like, okay, I did something dumb again, possibly based on this vice or this thing that I have that's a hold of me. Like, I'm making bad decisions while I am under the influence in any way, shape, or form. And that's why I think is is an issue. Like, I was hoping, and maybe I'm being dramatic, but I was hoping to hear that Ja was going to sit out the rest of the year like take that take the uh, facility seriously like really get checked in because what is the outcome of him chasing a championship and then getting knocked out and him running back to his vices or winning the championship and celebrating with well well, i mean the only thing is is you can't if you wanted him on his own sit out or the league to sit him out because you can't punish him on those past things that that he he did not the nba right right so So there was no yeah i mean i I don't see what I was just saying, but even asking him to sit out, like to ask a high level competitor to yeah. have that sort of wherewithal, especially someone who's young and approaches this the myopic way that most high level competitors do. This is what you believe you're here to do. This is the thing that matters so much to you, not only for yourself, but for the team. That's why we always say in football, you got to take the helmet away from guys at a lot of junctures because you're just wired to get back out there and go. That's all you've ever known. So for Ja, I'm sure he's been itching to get back out on the court because that is something that's been such a huge part of his life. And as I said, the, 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 the part is you can't punish for past things that you start to hear because because the best way to punish a guy listen they're all most of these guys are making tens of millions of dollars is to take them off the court and now they're hurting their team right this is a number two seed in the west and hurting their team so he's going to miss eight games maybe nine games that can have an effect but maybe and and i don't think adam silver could have done a whole lot more 
than this eight games because it was only for this one incident. But you do something again, now you've done, now you're on a second defense. Now you can get hammered even more. And there has to be something eventually that gets to a player who maybe finds himself in bad situations, right? And if it doesn't, if it doesn't get to him, well, then you know what? They're going to go down their own road and not a damn thing. If you take their money away and you take games away and you suspend them and they still don't learn from it, there's only so much you can do. They're going to go down the road. They're going to, they're going to go down. So all you can do is punish them uh, as best you see fit and hope that they learn from this thing. I guess which would go to your point, Mike, of maybe taking more time to understand um, what what he had done. But I think the biggest thing would have been the more games he missed, the more maybe he would have thought twice about, okay, I'm acting like a fool here, and it's and it could be really hurting our team. And I think Adam Silver included the media coverage, by and large, all of this comes from a place of wanting what's best for Ja. He's been a guy that all of us have really liked. He's been a really enjoyable star and a great addition to the league. So all of this comes from a place of wanting to see this dude have the best version of this experience because his talents have earned that. His work has earned that. And so you hope none of the rest of this gets in the way as we see him get back on the court, as we see him coming up for a big-time payday potentially this summer. You want all this to go – and, I mean, for a guy who's, you know, also a father – He's got his daughter that he talks about all the time. Like, you want to see this go well for him. So that's where the concern and all this comes from. That's where the desire to want to make sure that he is walking back. And and again, we said this at the very beginning of all this. It's got to start with him. So hopefully this was enough to rattle his cage. Hopefully Hopefully. all of this was enough to actually do that. I want to believe him. I want him to come back and him to be a guy that's realized I do have something to lose, and now I'm going to hold myself accountable for him. I'm going to let my teammates hold me accountable for it, and we'll go from there. So hopefully more good news on that front as we will wait and see in the next week what Ja Morant's return to play actually looks like uh, as he ramps back up for that. Um Let's ramp back up to the finish of this podcast. Brandon, do you know what time it is? I do, Mike. Just slow it down real quick. You know what it's like. Feeling real pregnant. I guess you wonder where I've been. I search to find the love within. I came back to let you know Got the stat in the third And I can't let go My friends wonder what is wrong with me Well, I came from a days From your love, you see I came back to let you know Got a thing for you this dad and the third. Mm. Yes, sir. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Every time that you do that, I'm nervous for you on how bad it's going to be. But I, I really enjoyed the low and then into the hard. I, I, I kind of I dug that one. I kind of dug that one. I'm not going to lie. I thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can thank Bobby Caldwell. Your, yeah, your oh, voice, yeah, yeah, your voice is awful, but, you know, that doesn't matter, you know. It's the effort. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bobby Caldwell, by the way, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, Sadly, I passed know. passed away yesterday. Yeah, I know. What a oh, shame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that was tough, yeah. 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 I, 
I mean, if it wasn't for the internet, we still think he was a black man. So, but shouts, shouts out to him. There you go. 1978. All right. Absolutely. Uh, An outstanding song. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, Gojo. Leave us a five-star rating and a review and tell Brandon what a phenomenal job that he has done as always going low. And uh, I think that's called scraping the barrel when you get that real gravelly sound there. Ooh, is that what that is? I don't know. You better tell me. (laughs) You know what I can tell you is this, Brandon. Um, Let's get to this. Uh, Three quick stories to finish. Actually, uh, before we get to that, my God, I almost completely forgot about this. Oh, my God. This. Let's start off with this. Nope, it works. It works. Let's start off with this, Brandon. We have got today some shining moments. Our March Madness specialty bracket here on Gojo. Want to make sure we get this out here. We explained it very yes. poorly yesterday with Charlotte Wilder and Jessica Smetana. A great exercise now is to see if I can adequately explain this to my dad and do a better job of it. Essentially, for anyone that missed yesterday's podcast, here's what we came up with. In honor of March Madness, we created a 32-team bracket with all of the best moments from sports, from music, from pop culture, from the random assortment of internet things, from the last year from March of last year to March of this year. So 2022 okay. into 2023. All the biggest moments from that last year and change. And we went and seeded them. We went and ranked them. And we went and got them into a bracket. And now, wow. yeah, and we're going to try and crown the best moment from the last year. There are a lot of different ones in here. And we need your help. You, the listener, at Gojo Show on Twitter is where we are going to post today the first four polls in the first round here we've got 32 teams so we are in the first round we have got 16 total matchups that we're going to do over the next four days you're going to vote on twitter we're going to explain the ones you're voting for on here and then we're going to make sure that we tabulate the votes and then send on the winners there to go forward so dad with you today i thought we would start off with the sports region Okay. And I'm going to read you the matchups that we've got in this region, and I want to hear your thoughts on what we've put together here. The sports right. region voting, which is going to go up on the show's Twitter account when we post the podcast in the morning, is as follows. In the one versus eight matchup, you have got Tom Brady retirement, s, plural, going up against the number eight seed, the Aaron Judge home run race. Big time story in baseball. We know it was only the AL record. But Tom Brady, really, between the retiring, unretiring, and the ensuing season, one of the biggest stories of the year, I think a very deserving one seed. Seems like an easy spot for Chalk. Yeah, I, I, I would go with Chalk here. But the, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm a big Dinger fan. And I'll go back to the steroid days of baseball when everybody now bitches about it and says, oh, I can't believe, you know, with Sosa and McGuire. Hell, if you knew they were on steroids, you'd have still watched anyway because they were knocking the ball out of the park. I'm a monster home run fan. Uh, and the Aaron Judge uh, show was phenomenal uh, all year with that with that chase, but it's really really difficult to go against the goat in the the most popular sport there is in, in the U.S. and that's football. So I'm going with Tom re- Tom retirements. Yeah, plural there. I think yeah. a great choice. I agree on that one. Um, the second matchup in this. Another one that's going to pit America's favorite sport against a contender. The three seed, Kelsey Brothers, and their year that was, both of them making it to the Super Bowl on their respective teams, starting the number one podcast in the world. 
They're the three seed going up against the six seed Brooklyn Nets implosion season. Kyrie oh. Irving and Kevin Durant, the drama surrounding the two. Going back to last year where it also after March included James Harden and all of the drama there. Really, that team's general decline as the six seed in this tournament. Wow. Because I was, I was almost going to say there's really nothing you can tell me that's going to beat the Kelsey brothers. And I would have said if I moved the Kelseys on that they would give Tom's retirement to run for their money. But this Brooklyn Nets situation could be the biggest underachieving group and, and just horrific scenario there has been in the NBA. It, it is hard for me. And I love the Kelseys. I love them. Covered both their teams this year. Talked to them both more than a few times, especially at the Super Bowl. I think they're great, great guys. But what happened in Brooklyn is going to go down as one of the biggest, shittiest things that ever happened in the NBA. I, I think I'm going to – while the Kelseys, it's a feel-good story, and the Nets is not a feel-good story, I think I'm moving the Nets on. Ooh, all right. So, Dad, they're seeding an upset in this Love tournament. It. You know what? It is funny now that we've talked about both of them in this podcast. Them trying to go the super team route and failing is something that we haven't seen happen very often. You go back to the Celtics super team. They were able to get a trophy out of that. Obviously, the Heatles, the Golden State Warriors. You look around, a lot of these teams have been able to go and pull this off. We've had in this last year that team fail and the Denver Broncos fail at trying right. to do the modern NFL model of have veteran Super Bowl winning quarterback or veteran high caliber quarterback come over, burn the boats, and go after it. So just weird that we had that happen twice in one year. The math finally caught up to people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that Brooklyn Nets thing was just horrific. So, yeah, I, I'm – God, I feel bad because I love the Kelsey brothers. And this may well, not, this may now never get that, me on that, that podcast because I, I didn't move them on. No, I I, I, I want to shoot you some bail because the reason why the Brooklyn Nets is so much better than the Kelsey brothers is like a good spaghetti or a good uh, pulled pork brisket, uh, maybe even collard greens. The Brooklyn Nets situation had time to stew, to simmer, to settle. It like it got it got more potent as time went on. And then Kevin Durant left. Well, Kevin Durant yeah. was the last piece yeah. to get moved. Yeah. Like and and the, you know it was a flash in the pan with the Kelsey brothers. It was a great season, great that it happened. But we got a real chance to chew on every part of this narrative. Yeah, that is true. Low and slow, we cooked that one. Um, all right, the four or five <laughs> matchup for you, Dad. All right, we have the World Cup final. Oh. Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe, two of the best players in the world, both playing arguably two of their best games in the last game of the biggest tournament the world has to offer. Going up against the five seed, Georgia Bulldogs going back-to-back. -back. First team to do that since 2011-2012 Alabama, and they do it in style, absolutely crushing TCU into dust. Wow. I'm a big Mbappe fan. I I, I do. I, listen, Messi is Messi. I, I get it. And by the way, is he three feet tall? I mean, Maybe. the dude, dude, is, dude is short. Three five. We we know around the world which one would win here, right? Because soccer is, is the world It would game. be the one seed. Jess yeah, was yeah. pissed at me yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. But we're not – this isn't the world. This is the U.S. where football rules. And after the NFL, college football rules. But I'm going to say because – it was a destruction the way it was in the title game. Uh, they really ran away with that one. And they were a great team, Georgia. I think I'm going with Messi and Mbappe. I, I, I think I think I'm going to lean toward that one. That was uh, – listen, I don't watch a ton of soccer. I know you've watched the Premier League and are into that. 
I don't watch a ton of it, but I watch the World Cup. I love watching the World Cup, and I can't wait for the women coming up this summer for our U.S. women to, to win that thing. Uh, but I love the World Cup, and so I'm, I'm going to move on with soccer in this one. I completely agree. I said pound for pound, that's the best sporting event I watched this last calendar year. It was yep. an incredibly entertaining game. And I'm with you on Mbappe. He's one where you don't have to know the sport very well to know that he is playing it different than his peers. Yeah, yeah. the one downside is that this year's World Cup, because of the time when they had it, was during football, which yeah. wasn't, wasn't the greatest move for, for you know uh, uh, viewership in the United States. Yep, and I say, and if this had involved the United States, it would be the unanimous right. number one overall yes, seed if right. we had somehow pulled this off. But instead, I watched them lose in the quarterfinals, which was still fun. Which was still fun. Um, the last matchup on this, Dad, we've got the two overall seed: LeBron James passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the NBA's all-time scoring leader, going up against the seven seed Brock Purdy and his rise from Mr. Irrelevant to potential now multi-year 49ers starting quarterback. Wow, that's a nut. You guys have got some good matchups. You really do. Brock Purdy has been you. an incredible story. He has been an incredible story. And it's it's weird I'm going to say this, but I would have voted for him in this one had he not gotten hurt and they beat Philadelphia and went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he would have been the first rookie starting Super Bowl quarterback. I think I would have given it to him then, but it's hard to not. And I know that, that LeBron, I mean, it's so polarizing with the love for LeBron and people that can't stand LeBron, but the dude is unreal. Even at his age now, what he's still doing. I, I've always said, I think basketball players are the best athletes in the world. And, and this guy is just ridiculous. And so for him to be the leading scorer, oh, by the way, top five in assists as well, I mean, is just crazy so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with lebron on this one i would agree even though it happened in the third quarter of an eventual loss against oklahoma city yeah, which only yeah, makes yeah. it funnier in my mind but uh, the fact that it happened at all is yeah. incredible it's the reason this lakers season was really supposed to exist anyway because beyond that we didn't expect too much so i agree i think that one goes on brandon even though i hear you mumbling over there i just i mean obviously i love lebron that is that is my king personally but Brock Purdy was Mr. Mr. Irrelevant. He was. Like, LeBron was almost was supposed to do this. Like, I know it takes something to actually go out there and do it. And I'm so glad that it's happened in my lifetime and I was able to see it uh, with my own eyes. But, like, what Brock Purdy did this season was just really special. And I don't know if he can do anything else. Like, whatever he does from here on out, it will not tarnish or taint or prop up what this season was yeah it was, it was an incredible season i mean make no mistake about it it was but i don't know i'm just leaning lean lebron on this one yep yeah, like i say the former espn in us is certainly showing there uh at yeah, Kojo show uh, on twitter again is where all those <laughs> polls are going to go up so make sure you vote on those try and figure out who's going to make it into the second round we will get to one of the other regions probably the music region coming up on friday and get through those four there well, we, can we talk about North Region, who's moving on? Now, so we got Tom Brady's retirement versus the Brooklyn Nets. Well, no, this is, that's not who's moving on. Who's moving no, no. on is whoever the fans vote for. No, no, yeah, we just gave our oh, – uh, yeah. th th this wasn't the okay. fan vote yet. Okay. Come on, Brandon, I even knew that, and this isn't my show. I don't know. I was I was hoping simplify things if we just take you as the as the czar of, of the North Region. Make make me the mass uh, votership? No, you got to let yeah. the people vote. Got to let like the people say, have man. their voice. We are a show yeah. that prioritizes democracy, and so we are going to go let democracy decide this. Again, at Gojo Show on Twitter. Watch out for those. We'll put them up with the podcast. Uh, let's get to that 
quickly here. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, Dad. One of your favorite time-honored traditions, the Masters Dinner. Last year's Masters winner getting to build out a menu for the first night when everyone gets down to Augusta and gets to chowing down all the former winners, getting into a room to have a meal, and the winner from the year prior, who in this case is for current Masters champion, Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, one of the hottest golfers in the sport, gets to go and decide the menu. And he went down and I thought put out a menu that was 100% Golic approved when you I'm look at this you, thing start to finish. I, I am telling you, I looked at this and there wasn't anything on there outside of the tortilla soup that I probably wouldn't have put on there. He's got cheeseburger sliders and firecracker shrimp for the appetizers. He's got tortilla soup, Texas ribeye steak, or black and redfish. I, mm. I got into black and redfish when I got drafted by the Oilers. That was big down there. Uh, uh, the, the black and redfish, and I loved it. And then dessert was a warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. It's a f- phenomenal job. A phenomenal, phenomenal job. So I, I love it. I, I want to say he also had family-style mac and cheese, jalapeno creamed corn, fried Brussels sprouts, and seasoned fries as the sides Ooh. for the main meal, right, too. Right, So that's where that's I would crazy. differ a little bit. So like I said, I've done this more than a few times. Um, my menu on the on the on the top it would say BYOV. That would be bring your own vegetables because I'm not yeah. serving any. Okay, <laughs> there'd be nothing green on the plate. All right, nothing. Um, my, I, I can't argue. I, I cheeseburger sliders for an appetizer is. I wish I had thought of that back when I was talking about this. I would definitely do that. I love firecracker shrimp. I would definitely give a meat and fish choice. So I love his. So I, I would basically be right on that. Again, no veggies. You want veggies, bring them yourself. Where we differ is my dessert. While his is very nice, a warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. We've all had that. We all love that. I would have a ice cream sundae bar. That would, that would be what I'd have. My ice man. cream sundae bar. Uh, Absolutely. So you can, have, you can have just ice cream if you want. If not... You got all the fixings there from crumbled up Oreos to sprinkles, hot fudge, whipped cream. You got it all. You got it all. Maybe throw in another choice if somebody doesn't want ice cream, but that would be my main thing. There would be this big ass ice cream sundae bar. That would be raring to go. The standing, the standing at the ice cream bar is just too much. Oh, I see. Uh, Again, this is you, Brandon, with my God, you know, there's no sneeze, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, get over sneeze it, guard. okay? No sneeze guard. We're going to do it at the Super Bowl and all that shit that went on. Stop it, okay? <laughs> Just stop it. Someone could sneeze sure. right into my ice cream sundae and I'd eat it. I don't give a shit. Don't do that. Yeah. That's nice. Ice cream is like mucus. I, I, I'm interested in the cheeseburger sliders were served Scotty style. I'm interested in what that is because you know sometimes I agree. You know, what is that? It's probably, no vegetables. I mean, probably. knowing knowing the rest of Scotty's order, God love him. It's as generic, like it's as wonderfully generic and every man as they come. Scotty's way probably is like ketchup, mustard, and pickles. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I mean, I, I, I and, and that should be the first question he's asked when he's going to defend yes. his title is what Scotty style. That's what we all want to know. It's the only thing we care about right now. But I loved his menu. Mike, I thought this. I, I answered it too when I saw the tweet. I loved it. I thought it was a great job. And But I, I did. I forgot to read underneath. I do like the mac and cheese. But then I saw all the uh, vegetables. I was like, Dad, no, I'm not doing that. Fried Brussels sprouts and jalapeno cream corn do not count as vegetables. 
I was going to say that when you think vegetables, you think healthy. Ain't nothing healthy about that shit. So, no, so I guess no. that's a check in his box too, though. I'll give him yeah, that. Yeah, Scotty's right. still one of us coming off. Of Scotty that. is. That's exactly right. And that dude, by the way, is he playing some golf or what? He's a oh machine. my god. He's an absolute machine. Sunday, Sunday at the players, a oh. couple of people getting close, and he just rattles off what four or five straight birdies he in the middle of that just round. Throwing darts out there was unbelievable. I've wow. said it was so fun watching Full Swing because the second episode when they're at Waste Management was Scotty's first win on the tour. And they were talking about how he had played so well, but he hadn't broken through yet. And now he he's won like six of his last 27. He's insane. Crazy. I mean, absolutely crazy. Back at number one, I think Rom was number one. So he's back at number one now. And uh, yeah, he is, he is absolutely on fire. So... I thought about this. The only other thing I might be able to throw in there because I was trying to come up with some other stuff, but like a cowboy ribeye, Texas ribeye, whatever you want to call it, it's a great choice, great cut of meat, all those different things. Here's what I would do, though, because it's something that everyone can appreciate. Hibachi. Ooh. I would have them bring the tables and the hibachi chefs in and make it the whole show. You start off with that salad with the ginger dressing, and I would even throw a little crab rangoon in there. The soup, whatever that soup is, miso soup or whatever variety of wonderful broth that is before, and then you've got the onion volcano as a little halftime show. I would go filet and lobster for the dinner. you got shrimp fried rice with double servings of yum yum sauce. And then for me, Mm. the dessert, I would go, Dad, I like the ice cream sundae, bar i thought about that but i realized my favorite dessert a combination of two of my favorite things that i think makes them a greatest thing a grater's ice cream cake i love a good ice cream cake i love because it's it's the ice creamy cold goodness with that little bit of crunch that comes with that outside shell and some whipped cream in there yeah i wouldn't turn down an ice cream cake by any stretch i'll still go with my sunday bar but it's not like i wouldn't eat that and by the way quarts and quarts of yum yum sauce oh would have to be at this i mean just doused instead of them squirting sake into my mouth from the table just squirt yum yum sauce and stop my heart the first thing i do is i pour the yum yum sauce on my fried rice and then just say give me some more you know oh god that's a good call a lot of sodium though a lot of sodium. You may, you may, you have to worry about cramping up the next day with all that sodium. Hey, I'm I'm counting uh, on the fact that my digestive tract would be built to absorb that a lot better than my opponent. So they're the ones who are reeling, and I am right where I belong. Good call, Gullick Senior. I have to let you know uh, this is a perfect time. My senior year, there's a party at our house, uh, and your son Jake came over and paid me $60 for my leftover hibachi. And it was it was hard to part with, but it was a good deal. <laughs> $60? Holy shit! I mean, that's I about so. what it costs when you go to the restaurant. It was a heavy box. It was a heavy... I, was say, I think it was filet, filet full, lobster, I was think it was. Full meal probably in there? It was, it was, pretty, it was pretty full. I had a lot of... Like, it was... The fact that I had to go back and forth before, like just definitely saying yes, let you know how, how, how much, and the way I had to see him enjoy it, it was, it was a little bit. So, do bit. either one of you, and I think I know the answer, wait for all the food to be put on the plate or eat it as it comes on the plate? I am, My, you know, your son. I am a fucking a conveyor belt. As soon oh, yeah. as you put yeah. it down, me too. Me too going now. right into the suck hole. Yeah, yeah. I wait. You do? I wait and I mix it. I wait and I mix it together like a like a nice casserole. You guys like casseroles. Yes. And oh, one of the famous <laughs> things. Why do you say one that, One of the Brandon? famous things that. Because. <laughs> <'cause, 
Because we hail from the Caucasus Caucasus Mountains. Mountains Love, yes, yes, they love, they love uh, casseroles. Um, But one of the famous things we love, uh, Hoppies Williams, shout out to him, from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Famously, every time we went out to Hibachi in college, he would tell the people, no vegetables. Like, (laughs) just like, sternly (laughs) no, like, don't give me vegetables. And everybody's like, Hafiz, like, I'll just take the vegetables from your plate. He's like, no vegetables. I love that. Oh, I love that. And it's odd because I never eat the vegetables. Really? You're going to try to give me vegetables? Yeah, I just give those away. That's good a good feast. Oh, hot feast. Good man. Love that. Oh, man. Love <laughs> love feast. Appreciate his stance on that one. Great. Uh, Brandon, did you have any other tweaks that you would make to the menu? Anything that you're really dying to see in there? I, I like the pazuki. That's what I like to call that that yep. skillet chocolate chip cookie at the, at the end there. Um, I like the options of steak and redfish. Yeah. I love a good pork chop. I do think hibachi is a little bit too poor man stuff right now. Like, I understand, like, we like it. But, like, these are... The Masters is an elevated taste style. Brendan, imagine. he's serving sliders as the appetizer. <laughs> With mac and cheese. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how high so this- Scotty Scheffler is. Yeah. Not, to, not to say that Ruth's Chris is high end because we know it's like not like all the way, but like all this is on the Ruth's Chris menu. And it, if anything's on the Ruth's Chris menu. It's also on the, it's also in like, I God love them. It's on the Chili's and Applebee's menus too. Yeah. Like- but, but, <laughs> But Scotty's a guy that that reminds me of someone who's taking a bag of In-N-Out burgers on his private flight. Yes. Okay. I'll say this. I'll say this. this. The one thing I would change is somewhere, some type of brisket grilled cheese slider. Like some kind of like, like I'm a big... Ooh. Yeah, yeah, love grit. Yeah, love talk that. dirty love to sandwich. Me. All, all right. right, I like that. <laughs> there we go. Incredible submissions all around here. Um, all right, guys, let's finish it off with the longest version of this, that, and the third known to man today. <laughs> it's a whole nother fucking show we did, but we oh, listen. We man. have been consistent about one thing this year, and that is the Last of Us season one. We had episode nine, the season finale go off this last weekend dad you haven't been with us on the show to talk about this but i know you've been watching all along the way spoiler alerts from here on out for everybody if you haven't seen the last episode of the series yet i'm not going to spoil anything for you finish the podcast now you can be done but now we're going to go time with the spoilers here so for anyone who missed it joel and ellie make it they make it to the hospital that they've been searching for. <laughs> they find the fireflies. Unknowns to them, they, they, they find out with a concussion grenade and get knocked out. Yeah, they right. have this beautiful moment where they get to pet a giraffe. Ellie is yeah. clearly starting to realize the weight of what's coming forward. Joel tries to tell her because at this point, he loves this kid. This has yeah. now become like his daughter again. And he tells her, we don't have to do this. We can go back to Tommy's ranch in Wyoming and we can just live this out and forget all about it. And Ellie makes the declaration, it has to all mean something. All the people I hurt, all the people we hurt. And so they go forward, they get hit by the flash grenade and they get taken captive by the fireflies in there and that's where we get to meet marlene again who's the one that set joel on this journey to begin with him and tess taking ellie from the qz in baltimore and she tells him that hey they're getting her prepped and ready for surgery they think they know how to use the cordyceps inside her to make this cure and she is gonna die and boy oh boy does joel not take that news well no wait no 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 i'm not letting us get to the climax right now mike i know you're trying to speed things up but the the way that episode opened up, seeing the birth of Ellie. Oh God, it's right. Special. How could I forget that? I'm so sorry. Like that that was that was 
amazing television. To find out that she, the actress was the voice of Ellie in The Last of Us video game as well, like another full circle moment for this show. So I, I should be clear, you're right, because this was the earliest I have ever cried in an episode of The Last of Us. Because <laughs> that scene where you're right, the voice uh, the voice in the game, I'll look it up here as, as one of you guys is talking, but the woman who plays Ellie's mom in the show is the voice of Ellie in the game. The integration of the video game into the show has been seamless. This was not a scene that you got in the video game. I just right. finished The Last mm. of Us the other day in the game you don't get that birth scene you do find out that marlene knew anna who was ellie's mother that she's known ellie since birth you right. find all this out on a recording device but you get the scene in here where yeah you have ellie's mom running from a running from a clicker running back to what was their hideout there giving birth to ellie after she murders a clicker on top of her and then find out she's bitten and you have this like gut-wrenching moment of this person putting on a brave face for their baby holding and hugging and hanging on for dear life knowing not she's nursing. not going to get to see her live beyond the day and all of it was just devastating that was, listen, that was tough. And and she tried to tell Marlene, oh, I cut the umbilical cord before I got bit, which she didn't. And that's why Ellie is, is carrying kind of the immunity to this thing. That was a tough scene. And you knew she had to kill her. She just walked back in and just popped her in the head. And that was the end of that. That was that was a tough call. And so, so we get to the moral question, right? Because this is what it all comes – because I've never played the game. I've never yeah. seen the game. I'm not a big gamer. But we get down to the moral question when Joel is told by Marlene, listen, her, as you mentioned, cordyceps, she can save people. We can start giving out. Basically, she can save the world. Now, Joel at this point is like, I don't give a fuck. That's not happening. So they try and they, they are going to let Joel go. So they're going to lead him out to the highway and let him be. And Joel, listen, when Joel or Ellie go ham, they go ham. Just like Ellie did in the previous one when she just chopped the living shit out of dude when the building that was on fire. I mean, they fucking lose their mind. He wiped out everybody, including, unfortunately, Marlene at the end. I was a little bummed about that one. And basically, basically, he said, the earth be damned and human beings be damned who could be cured. I'm not sacrificing this girl. And then it got to the point where they're driving back to Tommy's hangout where they're going to live in Wyoming. Uh, Joel's brother, and basically Joel lies to her and says, there are dozens like you. Uh, they didn't need to do anything to you. We're all good. Yeah, he said they, He said it didn't work, and they have stopped looking for a cure is what right. he told her. Right, and, and, and you could tell you could tell Ellie was not – didn't really buy into it, and so they're in the car, and she falls back asleep because she's still kind of on the meds, and they're standing looking over at, for the, at the end, looking over the town they're about to walk to, and Ellie just says to him, are you telling me the truth about what happened there? And by the way, Joel was a very bad liar. If this was Stu Gotts, she'd have bought it hook, line, and sinker, right? <laughs> Ellie, baby, listen, I would that's never lie to you, not in a million uh, years. 100%, 100% that's what happened. Um, and Joel says, yes, that's what happened. But you can tell she's really questioning it. But, the, but again, the moral question is, if you're Joel, what do you do? Now, Joel didn't know the backstory, I, I don't believe. He didn't know about the birth and the whole thing and, and how she may have been immune. And so he no, may so have thought... He, he, so he knew she was immune. He knew the entire knew time that, that she yes, was immune. Yes, he, right, I, knew, I, I knew that, yeah. And but he, not he how knew it happened. That. Not how it happened. 
he did Marlene did say to him I'm the only other one who understands what you're feeling right now that was her whole point is she's the only other person because she's known this she was best friends with Ellie's mom has watched out for her since she was a baby it colors in when we go that flashback episode with Ellie in the mall where Marlene wasn't letting her join the Firefly she purposely kept her from distance from danger because she was trying to protect the daughter of her friend and so now in this moment she's saying listen I understand how much this sucks but we got to save the world and Joel at that point I think the biggest thing for me in the moral quandary of do you agree with Joel going on a killing rampage and lying to this girl which I think are separate things. Do you agree with Joel going on a killing rampage to save Ellie because her one life has now become so valuable to him? Or do you think he was in the wrong for thwarting something that could have potentially saved the world? The reason I can understand and empathize with Joel and say that that's probably how I would have operated is Ellie wasn't given a choice. Like they flashbanged him, they took her there, and then Marlene's point was... Ellie is being prepped for surgery. She's not going to feel any pain. She doesn't know what's about to happen. Meaning they were going to put her under and do this and just have Ellie peacefully go to sleep so she wouldn't be nervous about that situation. Ellie, at this point in my mind, based on all the shit she's been through, has kind of earned a say in how things go down. And so Marlene can try and speak for her, but she didn't fucking ask her. And Joel sure as shit wasn't privy to that information if there had been a conversation. And so all you've got is a guy that just woken up from getting gun butted, who loves this little girl more than anything he's had since his daughter, who now has been told, you can't see her because she's off to die. You can't have that last conversation, even if it means hearing from Ellie, this is what I want. I'm ready to save the world. And so, of course, this guy who is still clearly dealing with trauma goes unhinged and goes Rambo first blood on their ass. Uh, but to to your point, he could have told her the truth. Like that's I don't think that, it was necessary. That's my biggest like he could have yes. simply been like, I, like you could have had. They, they should have. They should have waited to ask your choice, and they didn't ask you, so I had to kill everybody. Completely disagree. I think the easiest decision was to lie to her. If he told her the truth, she now, at her young age, would have carried that guilt for the rest of her life. She She would have carried the guilt. She would have said, I could have saved everybody if you let this happen. You didn't let it happen. Now people are going to continue dying, and she's going to think, it's my fault. If if you'd have let them do this, it's my fault. He took that away. He does. I I applaud. She knows. Him. I, she knows he lied to him. She knows. Well, she, like okay, you were saying, well, he, well, she knows. But, but then, then that's Joel's fault for just lying. But given the situation, I would have absolutely lied to her. There is no way I would have wanted her to carry that guilt with the rest of her life, which she would have. I would have just kept it to myself and carried. If there was any guilt to carry, let him carry it. Don't put it on her. I would have absolutely lied to her. To me, that was the easiest decision. Yeah, and see, this is one place where, like, so much of the show is about parenting or that kind of relationship, and that's just a thing I can't yet put myself in the position of, of wanting to take the grief, because I, I look and I watch this journey, and so much of the second half of the season was about how Ellie was saving Joel just as much as Joel was saving Ellie by the end, or saving herself. Right. In this post-apocalyptic world, we saw her get robbed of innocence after the whole Henry scenario where she saw those two brothers both die on the vine. She thought she was saving them. She... We saw she was kind of changed after that moment. And I just thought from that standpoint, like, man, the world is too small there now 
for this information for a girl who's smart enough to already know clearly she does i don't think i'm being told the truth enough to suspect it enough to ask him straight up that eventually Mm -hmm. she's not going to find out and that really shattered the relationship now i know this information i had to hear it from somebody else instead of the person i trust most in this world who i might not always agree with but fuck fuck alive who i trust and i said the beginning of the episode i will follow you anywhere after this i agree with that and, and then my only answer is Joel should have lied better because there's no way I would put that on that little girl. There's no way I would have put that on her. And being the father of three kids, there is no way I would put something like that on any of you kids. Even you, Brandon, I wouldn't even put it on you. This is so true for reference. My parents did once put down one of our dogs and not tell us for eight days because it was during finals week and they didn't yep. want to fuck us up for finals week. And so we would call them and they would get on, like, be on the phone, voices quivering, trying to keep the conversation short. Let me ask you a question. If we told you, would it have fucked you up for finals? I mean, it would have fucked me. I probably would have still done all right in the finals. I was good at school. Jake and Sydney, maybe, but. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. We, we did. We, we did not tell them because of finals. Yeah, that was that was hard. We, we, we felt bad about it, but we felt that was that was for, for your guys' sake. And, uh, oh, that was horrible. Why'd you have to but bring like, that up? Yeah, no, not a great. But, t- listen, <laughs> it's relevant. Oh, God. But Ellie, Ellie, for one, the, the way Joel went on his killing spree. I don't know if we've talked about it enough. Like that was the first, that was the first sign of this thing being a video game for me. Does that make sense? Well, like everything else seems like very realistic. Like the way he went in mercenary, oh. shot and killed everyone regard, without knowing the layout of the place. Like it was just, that you're right, it was, because it was another one of those, he ends up with a handgun, everybody else has machine guns, they're missing him, and he's popping them off with a handgun. That was, you're right, that, that's pure, that is pure video game shit, yeah. I will, I will say, shout out to the video game crowd, there have been a couple moments in recent episodes, you do a lot of rummaging through cabinets for supplies and a lot of creeping around, but the other thing that you do a ton of is hoisting her up to go get a ladder. And when they do that before the giraffe in there, I was the Leo DiCaprio uh. meme pointing at the screen because the amount of times, come over here, <laughs> give me a lift, press the, uh, and the, on the PlayStation, press the triangle button and you shove her up there and then she shoves the ladder down for you and it just, it, it spoke to me very much. The video game episode, by the way, or video game level and the last episode, Episode, almost identical copies of each other like there are very few wow. things that they did different from uh from from that video game standpoint in the show so yeah that i didn't know because because i never never saw the video game but man i can't wait i don't know if the next because we've had this i don't know if the next season can live up we'll, we'll have to see so in consulting with uh friends of the podcast adam amin and katie nolan both of whom who have played the second game the second game is very divisive amongst the video game community for certain decisions made there and a really really like anguish filled story as you can imagine based on how this ended they said it is incredible but also very difficult so i'm excited i'm probably going to play the game before i watch the show just to try it around the other way this time and see what the experience is like from that standpoint point but uh i could pretty much say there's no shot i'm playing the game so i figured i figured as much but uh either way incredible season loved it really great job by hbo naughty dog everybody involved in all that so uh great job by everyone who made it to the end of this podcast also as always you can download subscribe rate review gojo leave us a five-star rating and check us out on the DraftKings youtube channel you can also check out golik and smetty in all those same places give them a five-star rating check them out on the DraftKings youtube channel as well dead thanks so much 
I feel like I've just been at work for eight hours. Holy shit. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. See you. Boom. Money in the bank.